Exactly. And we're about 40 minutes away from your uh, dream becoming a reality here. Scoot's now minus 400 to go third overall to the Portland Trailblazers. Minus Trail 400? Yep. Brandon Miller, minus 350 to go second overall. Scoot, plus 225. Brandon Miller now plus 275 to go third overall. Wow. How are you feeling? Good? Yeah, I Even feel... though Brandon Miller's wearing uh, Blazers colors? You're, I'm a little worried right. about that. Look at that. Look at that. He's got a red pocket I square. Think, I think he's wearing Bulls colors. I think the Bulls are going to sneak it. No, that's not going to happen. Brandon Miller wearing a Blazers uniform and suit form is really sad to me. I was, I, he's either going to be sad or I'm going to be sad. Hopefully it's him. Hopefully he's happy because he goes number two overall. Scoot falls to three and everybody Are wins. we really doing strength happy. and weaknesses on Victor Wambanyama? Like, I think, why? I think we are. One of his uh, weaknesses is health concerns. Slender frame. A fibula stress fracture. All right, let's talk some draft. Let's welcome on now Dan Karpik, BetQL's managing editor. Editor, I swear I could talk tonight, Dan, and I've slept. <laughs> How you doing, man? Um, I'm looking at your mock right here, and it's a little bit different than every other mock I'm looking at today because at number three, you don't have Brandon Miller going. You actually have Amon Thompson uh, from the G League. Explain that. I do, and I got a little bit nervous because I didn't know the updated odds, uh, but that, that's making me a little bit nervous there with number two and three. Um, but I did read a couple reports here about Amon Thompson really standing out in that Portland number three slot here about how he could potentially fit in alongside Damian Lillard, but also if the Blazers decide to move Damian Lillard, which is a possibility, even though they said, okay, we're not fielding any offers. It's just all, it's all, you know, mushed up at this point. We don't know what's actually going to happen, but he is a ball handler who could potentially operate with the ball in his hands and really guide that offense forward if they decide to move Lillard and move on from him. So uh, Thompson at number three, I really like. I'm really just not sold on Brandon Miller at all. Um, that really just comes down to it. I was talking with PJ Glasser on his show this week. He really just faltered when all the lights were shining on him in that NCAA tournament. And I think he would be better off in a situation where he didn't have to be that number one option, that number one scoring option. So I think he, we can see him slide a little bit. I just really think Scoot Henderson is that clear number two pick. And uh, I don't really, I, as, as we saw last year with Paulo Bancaro, we don't know what's actually going to happen until those names are called. So yeah. uh, these are maybe some odds to pounce on here. No doubt. Uh, I'm curious what you think, Dan, that the Washington Wizards are going to do because when we were betting this and when we were talking about the eighth overall pick, they clearly needed a point guard. Yeah. They had Monty Morris, but they didn't have anyone else. And then last night they made a, they made a trade in order to go get Tyus Jones, uh, one of the best backup point guards in the league, probably the best. Now he's going to get a starting role, maybe in Washington, maybe not. They trade today for Jordan Poole, a two-guard. It looks like the backcourt is somewhat set. Uh, what do you think that the Washington Wizards do now at eight? Yeah, as fun as it was when Chris Paul was there, where they had the number one, two, and three assist to turnover ratio on their team, um, you know, I think they're going to go big here. So that's why I have Jarris Walker going number eight. You could get some really long odds on that right now, but I really do think they're going to go big in this spot. Like I, like you just said, um, they they have two veteran point guards. They have Jordan Poole coming in, and I just think that you know we're starting from the we're starting from the bottom. And what better way to build than add a front court piece? And I think that he's a, a youngster who can really have a lot of upside, especially uh, defensively. So what do you think then uh, that the Indiana Pacers do then? Do, do you think that they go Taylor Hendricks? Because a lot of mocks have Indiana taking Jairus Walker at seven, the pick right before the Wizards. 
Yeah, I have Cam Whitmore going number seven. I originally had Whitmore going five, but Bilal Koulibaly is a guy that I am absolutely in love with at number five. So I think Whitmore slides down. Asar Thompson, I think, is going number six. So Whitmore, I think, would be the best, best available at number seven and make a lot of sense for what the Pacers need. Uh, but like I said, Koulibaly, I, re- I did some reading up on the Pistons GM, and he's saying he wants a home run pick here. So if you're going to go off the board, and I think this guy has the potential to be close to Giannis in terms of his skill set. So if you're going to go real crazy, uh Bali is your guy at number five. So I think Whitmore at number seven makes a ton of sense. Uh, Dan, I think when we get to pick 10, I think we're both going to be rooting for Derek Lively to go there. He's now plus 100. Uh, I see in your mock you also have him going 10. What scares you the most about that pick right there? Like, where else could you see maybe Dallas going, or do you think maybe there's a shot that they trade out of 10? I think they're probably going to trade out of 10. Um, obviously, Lively's collegiate resume isn't fantastic yeah. uh, just from a numbers perspective but if you if you checked out any of his pre-draft workouts like this guy he has range he has motor he could play above the rim that's kind of what the, it would fit in well alongside Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving here um, so I like Lively at number 10 but I think ultimately they try to get a veteran and, and probably move back from that a little bit. We had Keith Smith on the show earlier this week, and he says that the Orlando Magic love their guards. Uh, they have three of them. Not on any of them are particularly great. Uh, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz. They apparently love Markel Fultz. And then Jalen Suggs, who they took a few years ago at six. Uh, except for the one little hiccup in that is that Anthony Black now is the leader in the clubhouse, minus 105 to go sixth. Uh, what do you think Orlando does here just from a, a need perspective in your mock? Yeah, I think they're going to go wing first. So that's why I, th- I kind of like Asar Thompson if he falls to that spot. I have him going number six to them. And then with number 11, Taylor Hendricks. Um, he kind of made a, a living and made a name for himself there at Central Florida. He's a, he's a local guy. Um, so I really think, like you just mentioned, they're kind of loaded in that backcourt. I haven't seen anything that suggests they're going to move on from one of those guys. So in those two areas of need um, on the wing, and at the four, I think that they're going to address both of those picks early on in this draft tonight. Obviously, everybody in the league needs shooting. Where do you think Grady Dick ends up? He uh, has a very interesting outfit going tonight. And then where do you think Jordan Hawkins ends up? <laughs> I was going to say, like, after the after he wore that outfit, if I was a GM, I'd be a little concerned. But um, I have him going 12 to the Thunder um, just based on his size and based on need, once again, I think the Thunder uh, definitely can add a sharpshooter on the outside. So I have him going 12 in my latest mock here. Um, as far as Jordan Hawkins, who I consider the best spot-up shooter in this draft, I have him going 15 to the Hawks. I think he's going to end up in that you know, 13 to 18 range, somewhere in there. I'm a big UConn fan, so uh, very familiar with him, his game. I, I like the fact that he can create off the dribble as well, and I think that he'd fit in really great alongside uh, Trey Young and, and DeJounte Murray there uh, with the ability to knock down those perimeter shots. So I have him at 15 going to the Hawks. Uh, Kobe Bufkin's been mocked all over the place, Dan. Uh, he's the sort of the bell of the ball, the late riser, if you will. Was mocked all the way as low as eight uh, to as high as maybe 12 or 13. Uh, what do you think is the best fit for him, and where do you think he actually goes? Yeah, um, shout out to Kate Constable uh, over here at BetQL. She has him going top 10. I don't have him quite going that high. I, I do understand why he's been rising a little bit. I'm going 14 
to the Pelicans. That's more of a, um, you know, just where he ended up in my mock versus a distinct need. But this is a guy who could finish at the rim. He, I, I like his ability to get to the basket. I think his game's going to translate really well to the NBA. Um, but he's kind of in that middle lottery range to me um, where he doesn't really jump out. I'm not, um, you know, as high a, a, on him as some others out there, um, but I think he's going to fit in well and, and could get those backcourt minutes right away um, in New Orleans. Really quick, moving off the draft just for a second, what are your thoughts on uh, what Boston did? You know, bringing in KP, they don't have to move on from Jalen Brown, so now you pair him with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But they do trade away Marcus Smart, which really shocked me. Uh, what are your thoughts on that trade? I was shocked as well. I'm a, I am a Celtics fan since birth. I was very, very happy to see uh, Marcus Smart move on. Um, I think he's going to have a good situation where he ends up. I think those nine years in Boston were successful ones, and I want to obviously thank him for his time there, but it is time to move forward, and I think that in this draft to pick 25, I think they're going to address that need. Someone like Ben Shepard, who's a 6'6 guard, um, from Belmont, he's I think gonna co could come in instantly and play behind Malcolm Brogdon and, and Derek White as that that lengthy guard within the system. Um, so I think it makes a ton of sense. And bringing in a guy like Kristaps Porzingis, now that's you know creating a whole other element that they never had last season. I think they're gonna be have some more moves coming tonight. That huge Al Horford contract, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but maybe a guy like uh, Robert Williams III, they find a new place for. Um, they obviously have a decision to make with Grant Williams. I don't think that he, they're, they're going to even flirt with re-signing him for the money that he wants. Um, so there, there's a lot of uh, unknowns here, but I think that Boston had to do something, and I think this is as radical as a move as they could have made so far. Um, and as a fan, I absolutely love it. All right, let's talk about maybe the Warriors a little bit. They trade Jordan Poole away after saying that he was going to be with them for the next four years at least. Uh, four days later, he is now out the door. Chris Paul is in. They still have a, a pick in the first round, I believe, at 19th. Uh, what do you think they do there? Do you think there's a possibility they try to trade that? They don't seem to love developing these young guys, and it hasn't really worked out well. Yeah, I definitely don't expect it to be an 18 or a 19-year-old if they actually make the pick. I think they're going to go uh, Jaime Jaquez uh, Jr. I, I think, uh, you know, he's been, by all accounts, absolutely dominating the pre-draft process. He's one of the older prospects here, one of the more proven guys. And I think he could come in right away and play 20, 25 minutes, which is, I think, something that, you know, this team would value here just because they're going to have to pay some of those other guys. They still have to pay Draymond coming up. Uh, so getting production out of this pick, I think, is something they're going to do. So love uh, a guy like him at number 19 or some other, uh, potentially some other veterans as well. Uh, they could look at and maybe move down a little bit. When you look at your mock draft or just other mocks, is there anybody that you would just stay away from where you just don't see it? You know, one of these prospects where, you know, you'd probably just stay away here in the first round? Yeah, I mean, going back to Brandon Miller, like, I, I, I get, like, he has shown flashes. However, when those bright lights are on him, I wouldn't be shocked if he has a little bit of a free fall here. I know this has happened sometimes. We see this sometimes in, in the different drafts. I wouldn't be shocked if he falls down to six, seven, or eight. Even um, I was kind of I was kind of deciding between that in this in this last mock here because if he doesn't go number two, 
I think the Blazers are going to pass up on, on him at number three. And I'm really high on, on some of these other guys. And I think some of these teams might be kind of set with who they want, just assuming that Scoot and, and Brandon would go number two and three. Um, so I think that he could have a little bit of a slide. I don't really see the upside um, there for him. Um, and I, I would have a really hard time trusting him as a GM, obviously, uh, with some of the off-court stuff um, as well. So um, he's a name that instantly sticks out there. Uh, but other than that, I, I'm re I really like a lot of guys in this draft class. I yeah. think a lot of them can make an instant impact. Dan, before we let you go to uh, enjoy the draft, anything else, any other bets that you want to throw out there? Uh, yes. I have to mention um, the Nuggets – what the Nuggets did was amazing, getting three draft picks here. I want them to draft Vukcevic at number 19. He's from Jokic's country. Um, pairing those two up, getting, getting him to play those 10 minutes behind Jokic and learn under him would be amazing. And then I have them taking Marcus Sasser, Keontae Johnson in the second round to bolster that second unit. I think what they did was ingenious. And I think that we're going to see more teams uh, that have had success do the same thing that they did moving forward. Actually, 30 seconds. I see you got uh, Vic to win Rookie of the Year plus 225. Who concerns you the most? Is it somebody like Chet or is it somebody in this draft? Absolutely Chet. Uh, Chet's the guy um, that is the main concern for me just because he's had a, now a year and a half in an NBA locker room, in an NBA weight room. Uh, with trainers all around him and yeah. getting that getting that practice and, and being in the NBA atmosphere. So Chet's the guy who I think would be the main uh, competition for him, but I think there's a lot of value taking Victor just because he's going to put up in, insane stats and get insane usage. You're the man. Thanks so much, Dan. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Dan Carpet, give him a follow on Twitter. BetQL's managing editor has all of his uh, draft bets up there. He just pinned them 45 minutes ago. This market's crazy. No, it's insane. I've been watching. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like, like you said, it's like the stock market. And now my wife's involved. Taught her about closing line value today because we could have had Brandon Miller plus 500. Instead, we laid chalk minus 130 because it took her forever to log in. Uh, so now she got all excited. She sent me plus 450. Now Brandon Miller only minus 225 to go second overall. Yes. Scoot now minus 275 to go third overall to the Blazers. Sheesh. This is crazy. The then, line is moving. It was up to minus 400, minus 350. We are seeing it all over the board just in the last 35 minutes. It's moving. I just keep hitting refresh. Eamon Thompson's now at 9-1 to one to go third. Man, I just, I think, I can't see anybody else. I, I can't see that happening. I can't see, if Brandon Miller does slip, I can't see, I can't see Thompson going over him. 